Well, thank you. We ask how we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every act can be OG as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified, even as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's study this afternoon. Let's take a, a walk on the scriptures this afternoon. We want to study baptism. Uh, so you get your writing materials, you get yourselves ready. We ca we got some quite a lot of work to do. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And you know, when it comes to Bible study, Bible study must be very patient. Bible study must be very um, systematic. Bible study must be very... A lot of Christians just... Um, uh, they just like an easy way out. They don't want to go through... Uh, they don't want to go through the the process the thorough process and i ask people i say what do you think jesus was doing in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights or no not for 40 days and 40 days, three days and three nights teaching the unbelievers the scriptures what do you think he was doing what do you think paul was doing when he thought almost for 12 hours or seven eight hours and the guy who took us further and died that's complete Bible study. But we live in a day and age where everybody just wants um, easy way out of the scripture. They just look for one thing and just say, oh, the mystery of this is this. The mystery of this is this. The mystery or the covenant of this is this. The one covenant, one mystery, one this, one that. So we now, we now and that has, that has, that has um, bettered a lot of half-baked Christian. Let me use the word half-baked Christian or let me use the word... Um, Christians who are not thorough with the scriptures anymore. So you can you find people now in Bible study, they are looking for a mystery out of nowhere. And that's very wrong. So when we come to church services or when we come for Bible seminar like this, or we come for uh, Bible study, I, 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 I run away from the word Bible study because I believe every service should be a Bible study. Are you getting what I'm saying? As far as we are Christians and we believe the Bible, every service we have, as, except for our prayer meetings, should be a Bible study. So, we want to examine baptism. Should we baptize with water? Should we not baptize with water? Should we use, uh, what, what does the scripture say about uh, water baptism, but Holy Ghost baptism, all of those things. Let's look at that thing and let's set to it this afternoon. I don't know if we might finish it today, but let's see. Let's start. You ready? Ready? All right, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In verse 19, it says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, we're going to take some grammatical analysis of this text, and we're going to see, if, if you were right, I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to alight certain things. Teach, because you, there are some key words in this text. You see teach, the word teach. You see the word baptizing. You see the word in the name. You see the word in the name. Teach, baptizing, in the name. You will see the word teaching. So, you see teach, baptizing, in the name and teaching. Those are four words, key words in those texts. Now, before we proceed further, when we say baptizing or baptism, a lot of people can have some misconceptions, right? And a lot of people can feel like um, 
you are against certain practices or you are not against certain practices. Uh, before, before we go there, I will first tell you my story. It's very keen um, in homiletics of, of, of explaining the scriptures in letting you see certain things. I was baptized, um, uh, I can't remember what year now, I think uh, uh, 20 something, thousand and something, very early, and in a water called Odar Road uh, River, Odar River, or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, there's this, I remember the pastors very correctly, Pastor Mui Jason and Pastor Iwitho. Yeah, I won't forget those two names. They held me and they put me into the water and they said, uh, uh, baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that was where I got my baptismal name from, Emmanuel, that I don't know if I still use or which I don't use. Because they asked me, they said, uh, what name, uh, what name, what's your baptismal name? I said, ah. Baptism. And they said, do you have any English name? I said, ah, my, my mother told me that when they were giving people names, she just, the names that was trending, <laughs> those years was what she gave me. She now said, so like, and I said, so I asked her a question. I asked my mother, I said, so why did you not give me English name? She said, ah, do I know whether there's anything called English? I mean, there's anything, at least you shall be any name. <laughs> so, and now, so I was just, I was just very curious. I was looking for name. Uh, I, I went through the scripture. You know, those are the times you start going through the scripture and be saying, okay, Lord, show me and give me a name. You know, I, there was one name I wanted to bear, Bernard. Thank God I've not bear that name. Look at, look at what is going on on social media today. <laughs> thank, thank God. Thank God I did not bear that name. Because now everybody will not be using my name now to, to play Father Bernard and all of those. <laughs> you know, there was another name that was, that I think I wanted to be in the scripture. Uh, uh, what's the name there? Uh, Christian. You know, everybody was being Christian. I said, ah, I'm too black. The people that, all the people I've known then that were being Christian, they were either light-skinned or at least had a bit of complexion that is better than mine, you know? So I just felt like Christian Benson, it doesn't match. I just, I kept looking for everything. I said, okay, let me be a Paul. Ah, and I don't know, Paul is too far. I got say, I started thinking of so many names. I, you know, you ever have to pray and wait on God. Oh Lord, give me this name, the name from heaven. So the name from heaven came. So I just woke up one morning and I just said, oh, you know what? So they just asked me, what's the name? What do you need? Because they kept asking me every, every Sunday, every meeting time, because we have to go through baptismal class. And I said, uh, that's it. My name is Emmanuel. So it, it came like a, like an utterance. Emmanuel said, "Oh, and I said, oh, I've said it." They said, "Yes, we've written it down." Uh, I said, "So I can't change." They say, "You've wasted our time too much. Only you in this class do have a name. So that's your name." So I still have the certificate at home. No, my mother has the certificate. I do have it. It's very precious to my mother. And so you know those things are very precious. My mother has that certificate today. I will probably call her one day and say. Please, I need my baptism. <laughs> so I have the certificate at home. This was quite almost 15 years ago, I believe. And it was, it was uh, uh, good. And now, the, the, the issue then, I, 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 won't, I, I don't want to mention any denomination or anything. The issue then was that you had to go through that class before you speak with us. I mean, if I've, I've ever been in churches like that where you have to first go through baptismal class. The first thing you have to be baptized with water. Then after you have to speak with tongues. And interestingly, 
I was already speaking with tongues before I got baptized. So, after we finished the baptism, I remember, I will never forget, they brought us back to church. So, we went to a river, it's like we did, like we did a field trip. We went to a river, then we came back to church. Then they now said, now it's time for the Holy Ghost baptism. So, they kept, you know, laying hands on people, doing everything. So, when they got to me, me I was already speaking. They now said, did you just start speaking in tongues now? I said, no. I was speaking in tongues some years before now. The reason why I did this was because it was required for me as a worker in that domination to, I mean, go through this class. So the, the, the pastor was surprised. And I was wondering, why are you surprised? Speaking with tongues is natural to the believer. And so now, what we, we, are, we are doing this series. By the time we finish this series, I expect that you will be able to answer the question so that you will not say, Pastor is against baptism or something. Me, I have been baptized. <laughs> now, so he's now, when, right now we are not done with the series. We are going to make a decision. But me, I'm not, we don't, we don't have any, me, I'm cannot, I can't imagine carrying you now and putting his eye water. It can't happen in this church. It's not possible. I don't believe in symbols. So now, but let's look at it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's now you that will not tell yourself what you want to do. <laughs> so, so what did I want to do? All right, let's look at it. Matthew 28. We said teach baptizing in the name and teaching, right? So now the word teach is translated from the Greek word matetio, and it implies to become a pupil, actively to make disciples, and it involves to instruct, to teach. Teach is from the Greek word matetio in the Greek. Matetio, that is M-A-T-H. E-T-U-O, and it implies to become a pupil, to actively make disciples. It means to instruct and to teach. So the word matitio is derived from the Greek word matathes, and it implies a disciple, a learner. So that means, it says we should teach, right? The word teach means, so when we come to church or when we come for meetings, that word teach is from the word multitude, that is to make students, students, to make pupils, to, to make disciples. So what happens in teaching? So now, let me explain something to you with the scriptures. Do you notice that Jesus spent more time even teaching than doing a lot of miracles? I don't know if you notice. The, he, 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 we, could, we could say there was a lot of, there was a simultaneous way he did it such that he, he, he worked miracles but he also thought the scriptures now how now let me ask you a question the 12 disciples he had what made them 12 disciples teaching they didn't just become disciples by just waking up every morning and following Jesus yes that was part of it but they could not have been disciples without teaching so teaching is a very fundamental part of the Christian faith that we must pay attention to. And when we mean teaching, we don't just mean um, we don't just mean the mystery of this or the mystery of you know. Somebody say um, the five stone that David took. It means Jesus. That does not make sense. How, how does the five stone that Jesus say the five stone means J E S U S in the Greek? Jesus means Joshua. That doesn't mean five. So you can't say, you can't just bring up a mystery and just make people, and well, people are followers of those things. Are you getting what I'm saying? We can say some people are disciples of Islam. There was something I was studying recently, and that is the Jewish, at the, uh, the Jewish, um, uh, I was doing some research on the du Jewish culture, no, not the Jewish culture, uh, the Jewish, uh, this, this is, the, this is side to 
the Jewish side, they, they, they are very dominant in, in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, it's, it's the Ada something, I've forgotten the name. I was trying to do a research into them because, you know, the, I'm thinking of how we're going to reach out to more people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Get more men saved, get more people. Because, and then you have to be able to know how to have conversations with intellectual people because you cannot just be having conversations with people and be telling them, uh, I don't know, and they have the Torah, uh, they know the Torah, uh, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. They know it at heart. They can, they can legit tell you what is it, what is it. So I was doing a research a couple of um, weeks ago and I, and I found out that these guys, they are even very separate from this Jewish culture. And they have a quite, a quite large following. Now, their large following, and I discovered something about their culture, is that their culture was so strong on, they don't relate to the outside world in this same United States. They don't relate to the outside world. They don't have, if you want to call 911, they don't call the United States 911. They don't even have access to, they don't have phones. The phones they use are flip phones or the um, burner phones that doesn't have internet. They don't, they don't, so they are very conditioned to their own world in this same Brooklyn, New York, in this same New York that we live in. And they have quite, almost a million followers. And the gospel is for everyone. How are we going to reach those people? That's, that's on my mind. I think of all of those things. Now, and what, what, what does that do? It's a product of teaching. So that shows you can raise false converts through teaching. And you can raise true converts through cheating. You know, Paul accused some guys in Act 19 and said, um... Have you believed since you received? And they said, we've not heard whether there be only Holy Ghost. And Paul asked them, what have you believed? He said, unto what are you baptizing? They said, unto John's baptism. Thank God, we're going to study that John's baptism even in this series. Hopefully, by the end of today, we'll understand what John's baptism means. Now, so that shows that what comes from the pulpit, or let me use the word pulpit, or sermons, or teaching, must be very, let me say, must be very, very, very careful. A preacher must be very careful. I taught you in Bible Eminotics and I said that the role of a Bible preacher is that he must be very careful in handling the scriptures because he can either make a false convert or a true convert. So now, the word teach there, so what Jesus told us to do upon the resurrection was to teach. And that what teaching means making disciples. That is, you are going to raise men. You are going to teach people. I tell you till tomorrow, I said, Jesus left the gospel in the hands of 12 guys, or 11, as it were. And the 11 guys reached us today. Now, do you think it's a work of, oh, we're taking the gospel to the nations of the earth? No. The Bible says in Acts 2, verse 42 downwards, it says they continued daily in the fellowship of breaking of bread, and with the apostles' doctrine, meaning they were being taught. So there was continual teaching every day. If you now read in Acts 6, you will now see what Paul was saying, or what Peter said. He said, we will not leave the word of God and serve tables. He now says, but we will give ourselves to the ministry of the word and prayer. So that shows to us that the teaching of God's word is very important. I tell you that the teaching of God's word is like the food of the believer. 
is like the meal of the believer. First Peter 2 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So that shows to us. So if you see that word matitio, matitio implies to raise disciples, to make disciples. I ask you till tomorrow, what are you teaching? You are raising disciples, you are building people in the Lord. What are you teaching? Are you grooming them to pray? Are you grooming them to study? Are you grooming them to, to learn God's word as it were? Because those things matter. Those things really matter. So, so we said matthes. That word matthes is right from the word matthes, M-A-T-H-E-T-S, and it implies a disciple, a learner. And it was used four times in the New Testament books. Four times. Now, that's Matthew. Let's look at it. Matthew 13. You have to open your Bible first. This is Bible seminar. Matthew 13, verse 52. Matthew 13, verse 52. Let's see where it was used. Matthew 13, verse 52. And he said unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed into the kingdom of heaven is like a man, that is an householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. So he says, every, every scribe which is instructed into the kingdom of heaven, we use the word instructed. Now look at Matthew 27, verse 57. I expect you should be there already. Matthew 27, verse 57. It says that even when and when the even was come, that's evening, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who was, who is also himself what? Jesus' disciple. You know, a lot of people believe that Joseph the Arimathea just came one day and gave Jesus his tomb. No, it shows that, you know, now, we already said disciple now. That means Jesus has taught him, right? He is receiving teaching from Jesus. Are you seeing it? So now, that shows that Jesus the Arimathea did not just come one day and just give his tomb somewhere. It shows that is a fruit of Jesus' disciple. Now, look at Matthew 28, verse 19 that we are reading. Go and teach all men, all of those things. Look at Art 4, verse 31. Art 14, verse 21. Art 14, 21. It says that, And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and they had thought many, they returned again to Lystra, and to Iconium, and to Antioch. So now, when he says the word teach now, it means to make disciples of all nations. Is it making sense? So now that shows that when we go back to that Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, that's where we're breeding up our text from in this series. It says, Hoth power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, this was Jesus' statement after the resurrection or upon the resurrection. And he said, Go ye therefore. So that shows there was just one vital instruction Jesus told us to do. He didn't tell us to go and make money. He didn't tell us to go and which is good. I want to make more money. He didn't tell us to go and get married, which is good. I want to get married too. He didn't say we should go and... Um, uh, uh, he didn't say we should even go to school, which is good. We should go to school. Are you getting what I'm saying? He gave us just one instruction. And that instruction is, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So that word teach now, we said, the word teach there is from the word, what? Matthew, and it means to raise disciples and all of those things. Now, let's look at the word teaching in verse 20. You know, it says, teaching them to observe. You know, we said there are key words we want to, there are key words we want to use, but we are coming there. We have seen teach. Let's look at the word teaching. The word teaching in verse 20, where it says, teaching them to observe is from the Greek word didasko. 
the DAS code D I D I D I D A S K O, the DAS code. And it means or it implies to explain or to learn. Now, why are we using Greek words? You, it's like saying we're using the Greek word because we're studying systematically. And studying systematically, we mean going back to the originals to understand what was really said. Does that make sense? All right. So now, the word teaching there is from the Greek word didasko, and it implies to explain, to learn, or to learn. So when it says teaching them, so it means explaining to them, right? Making them learn, right? Right, guys? Now, so the word didasko, it was used 91 times in the New Testament. I won't go through the 91 times. <laughs> I will go through four. All right, look at Matthew 4, verse 23. Let's see to explain and to learn. Let's look at where that word didasko was used. I won't go through the 91 times, but I will go through four. Look at Matthew 4, verse 23. You should be there. It says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue. So when it says teaching in their synagogue, that's didasko, right? Now, it will mean making them explain or explaining to them, right? Making them learn in the synagogue, right? All right, look at Matthew 5, verse 2. And he opened his mouth and thought them, saying, he used the word thought them. That's the dasko, teaching them, explaining to them, right? Making them learn. Look at Matthew 5, verse 19. Look at verse 19. It says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these, one of the least commandments shall teach men. He used the word shall teach men, so he shall be called to the least of the kingdom of heaven. And so if I shall do this and teach men, shall be called the great in the kingdom of heaven. That means teach again. He used that word teach. Look at Matthew 7 verse 29. Matthew 7 29. For he taught them as one having authority. So can we say he explained to them as one having, uh, as one having authority? Can we say that? All right. Now look at Matthew 9 verse 35. Matthew 9, 35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every diseases among the people. He says, teaching in their synagogue. That's the word didasko there. Are you seeing it? All right. Now, so the word didasko in verse 20 explains verse 19, where he says, go and teach, because you cannot teach without explaining you can't teach without making people learn. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right, now. So, we said teach now. Let's look at, we said, we studied, we, don't forget, go back to your key points. We said teach, right? Baptizing in the name, right? And teaching, right? Right, guys? So, we've done teach and teaching, right? Now, let's look at in the name. All right. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. In the name. That word name is from the Greek word onoma. O-N-O-N-A. Uh, no. O-N-O. is O-N-O. Onoma. M-A. That's the word. Onoma. O-N-O-M-A. And it implies an authority or a character. An authority or a character. So the word onoma was used... 214 times in the New Testament. We are not going through it, don't worry. <laughs> That's too long to go through. 214 times. Now, we, I give you all of these details so that when you're doing your studies and doing your research, 
studying the scriptures, you can go back to it and see what you're doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. So the word onoma implies authority or character. So that word onoma was used two fourteen times in the New Testament. However, in this text, the issue is in the phrase, and now this phrase has, a lot of people use this phrase, um, in the name of the Father and of the Son. And you say, we open this service in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We cut this cake in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We open this car in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We open this house in the name of the Father. And of, but let's look at it. Right? You ready? Okay, cool. Let's look at it. The question, the question we want to answer is, did Jesus mention the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost? Now, in the Bible interpretation, we must, or in Bible hermeneutics or interpretation as it were, it's appropriate to corroborate text. I've always taught you the corroboration of text, that when you see words used all through the scriptures, you see corroborations. You must be able to corroborate text like, um, just like how I walk through, through the word teaching now, you could find it in places throughout the entire scriptures. Are you seeing it? That's corroboration. I think we're, we're looking at that in Bible Hymnology Series 2, where we're looking at intertextual corroborations, where we said um, the word used in the Old Testament, used in the New Testament, must align together, and that forms the basis of the scripture. Are you seeing that? Now, so now, there must be, there must be, an ability for us in Bible hermeneutics to be able to corroborate texts together, where the words under consideration. Now let's look at let's look at something in Second Corinthians thirteen verse one. I want you to go there quickly. Second Corinthians thirteen verse one. You must learn to open your Bible fast. I mean, you are Christians. All right. Well, let's look at that. But um, we're, we're looking at that corroboration stuff. So that when you see words in the scripture, and that's and this is where. I, some scholars, let, let, let me just give you a brief history of something. Let, let's read this and I'll give you this story. Look at this, second Corinthians 13 verse 1. It says, this is the third time I'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Right? Now, this was what Paul said. Now, this is where some issues, some scholars have issues with the gifts of the Spirit. Now, you know I'm very loud on the gifts of the Spirit. I'm very loud on tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, um, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, uh, gifts of healing, gifts of faith. I'm very loud on you. You know that. Now, this is where some issues, some scholars have some issues with those things. Now, they believe that there is no intertextual corroborations of those, th of those texts. And don't forget, this summer we're going to be doing a lot of teachings on utterance gift revelation. I think we, we've done quite some studies before, but we're going to put it in well proper address this summer. Now, some people have issues with that um, text because they feel like 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 seem to be the only appropriation for those texts on the gifts of the Spirit. Especially, let's say, like tongues. Some scholars have issues with tongues. Some people are anti-tongues because they just feel like, how do you want to explain tongues as a 1 Corinthians 14? That Paul just dedicated just one chapter for that tongues, so we don't believe in it. And I'll tell them, I, you know, anytime I have conversations with those guys, I, I say, see, you can't invalidate that text because 
the entire book of Acts was loud on tongues. So you, it, is, it is unfair and it is injustice for you to say that is not enough intertextual corroborations. Starting from Act 2 till almost Act 19, Act 20, you will find the gifts of the Spirit well explained. You find tongues well talked about. How do you want to take out Isaiah 28 verse 11 with stammering lips, the prophecy of tongues? How do you want to take out away Joel 2? How do you want to take away? How, how do you want to take away ex Exodus, where, um, where, where Moses said, "If God will have it, He will have all His people to be prophets." What do prophets do? Prophet speaks with tongues and interprets. So now you can't. So I, I tell them, I say, you can't have. It is unfair to say that a no is not tongues because okay. And now the, the, my my last checker for them is always First Corinthians fourteen eighteen. Paul said, I, I pray in tongues more than you all. That was a boast to the entire church of Corinth. And saying, I pray in tongues more than So I said, okay, guys. Now, this another school of thoughts now said, we have issues with the entire Paul. <laughs> you know, those guys are crazy, man. Say, okay, so, so, okay, I understand you. We have issues with Paul. I said, okay, so you have issues with Paul. That's good. So how do you want to take away Jude? Jude one twenty, my beloved brethren, building up yourself in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. Somebody now told me I was on conversation with somebody the day before yesterday. Person said we were talking about how the person stopped believing in tongues, and I said, okay, guy, Alpha. I said, okay, if you say you have problem with Paul, and I said, okay, when Jude said, my beloved brethren, praying, building up yourself in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. What does praying in the Holy Ghost mean? The person said, speaking in natural language. Ah. I said, so my English and my Yoruba is, is Holy Ghost language. And I said, I said, is that language not too corrupt for God? You know, that, that's the language, that's the best way to say it. I said, God wants to unite. I tell people, I said, we know we're going to, no, we're going, there's, there's something we're going to study. I, I, I'll be telling you, we're going to study. Um, um, God and racism is God behind the racial wars and, and all of those things, behind all of this color. We're going to study uh, God and wars. Is, is, God in, is, is, is God the one, the author of all the divisions of these languages, all of those things? Obviously, no. It's man and sin, right? If God will have it, he wants his people to have one language and the unifying factor is tongues. Sorry, I don't know why I'm talking tongues. I should be talking, teaching baptism. But now, the unifying factor is tongues, such that I can go to China today, I can go to Korea today, and I don't understand their language. But once they said, let's, once they say, let's pray in the Holy Ghost, all of us are speaking the same thing. Bible says, he that prays in tongues, speaketh mysteries. He says, albeit no man understandeth him, but God. So how do you expect someone to say, you are speaking a language in Chinese? Wait to hold on for my teaching on tongues. We are going to study those things. See, you are speaking, we're, going to, we're going to answer those questions because we don't. And let me tell you something as you are teaching people, as you are raising men, as you are preaching the gospel, don't invalidate the questions of men. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't invalidate it. We live in a world of knowledge where people just watch a two minute YouTube video and it has confused their faith. You know, 
People just watch a form in this video and say, God does not exist. They, and they start, and they, <laughs> and they hold on to it. And I tell someone, they say, you say God does not exist. What did you watch? What did you hear? He says, eh, the research. Which research? You have not even finished this course you are studying in school. You are saying you are doing research on, and okay, what's your GPA in school? Let's, let's even first attend to that one. You say you are doing research. A research that somebody has done, you just looked at and say, I don't believe. What's that? What's Take all you want to say. The God exists. Are you know what I'm saying? Say, okay, you know, I, I was having a conversation with someone. So, uh, what do you think about God? Person say, um, I don't believe in God. I just, I just, I, so, so what do you believe? He said, I believe in science. Yeah. I said, okay, let's start with it. Since that's what you believe in, let's start with what you believe at least. Okay. He said, so what science? And I said, um, so I said, who created the word? He said, it was shot by a boom. I said, good, I like that. I said, so who shot the boom that made the boom shot? He said, mm, there seemed to be a greater power. I said, mm, say it again. There seemed to be a greater what? Power. Hey, you are, we are going somewhere. Okay, so that means there's a greater power that shot the boom. If I say, yes. So what's the greater power? We can't explain. You will never be able to explain it. <laughs> you will never be. He said, you can let explain it. I said, go and do your research. That is God. Which one is he shouting, boom? He said, he said, you don't believe that. I said, me, I believe in that greater power. I said, I said God does not exist. He said, so it's me, I don't even have time for them. God does not exist. Okay. Do you have any sick? Let's show you if God is. Do you have any sick that is sick that we can quickly pray for? So that we can quickly believe. <laughs> I really believe. So, Allah, in the name of Jesus, be healed. I perceive is healed. I say, okay. What, what, is it the boom that <laughs> healed this person now? You need, to, you need to learn to demonstrate God's power like that. Is it the boom that healed this person that way? I say, um, and I, I spoke to one agnosis, I self acclaimed agnosis anyway. He said, um, I said, if you heal one sickness, I'm not going to believe you. I said, why? He said, uh, said, if you do two, it's going to be a coincidence. Eh? Wow. And I, and I gave the guy a word of knowledge. I spoke to him about his family. He probably thought I went to Google him. I said, do I know you from somewhere? <laughs> that I want to go, I, I don't have work in this life. I'll be Googling you. I said, I gave the guy a word of knowledge. I told the person, you know this thing is happening in your family. The guy looked at me like, what am I saying? I said, ah. Oh. I'm not doing guesswork with you. I'm telling you something. He said, eh. he said uh, I said, whoa. I said, when I have when we when we have healing service, I'm looking for the guy again. Now that we have miracles and extraordinary services, let's let's let me invite the guy for one of our meetings and let's let's see whether <laughs> whether there is whether there is God or there is no God. You know, those things really matter sometimes. And so back to what I'm saying. I'll diget here, I'll backslide it now. Take me back to the faith. So, <laughs> corroborating with this. Okay, cool. All right. Um, don't mind all these guys. It's just, you know, especially when people want to invalidate the things of the Spirit, it makes me really mad. Why would you want to invalidate that? I understand the fact that tongues is not logical. Amanda. As I'm even saying it, it looks like stupidity in my head. But the Bible says he confounded the foolishness of the wise. Ah, so that means I don't have to know what I'm saying. And I, this is the best way I explain to you. 
Does God understand every language? They say, yes. So why do you think God does not understand what I'm saying? Paul said he prays in tongues more than you all. So how do you expect me to be saying, okay, I want to pray for 10 hours now. And I will say, Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord Jesus, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you are the rose of Shire, you are the lily of the valley. You are the, oh, but how do you expect me to do it? How? Okay, so how do you expect me to build up my most holy faith? As I'm even talking to you, how am I building my most holy faith? No, tell me now. You're having conversation with joy now. You're building your most holy faith. Joy will be having conversation with you and be having food. You'll be thinking of food. The next gift you want to eat, all of those things. Then you're saying you're building your most holy faith. How? <laughs> I'm just joking. How? Are you getting what I'm saying? Did you get what I'm saying? So now, it's, it's just like that. Take me back to the faith, Joe. Um, seven corridors, corroborating witness. Okay, cool. All right. It's doing me. Maybe we should, maybe we should just divert this teacher and just study gifts of the spirit. We just hope. We... <laughs> okay, let's let me contain myself. Baptism in Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Okay, Second Corinthians thirteen one. We said that. Uh, close the page now. This is the third time I'm coming to you in a matter of two or three witnesses that every word should be established. So, so in, in, in Bible in, in Bible interpretation, we pay closer attention to the way words are used and the sequence of the repetitions of the word. The word has to be repeated because it's, and that's the sequence of the Bible. In fact, what makes it the what makes the canon of scriptures is that the fact that there was much of intertextual corroborations. Are you getting what I'm saying? Texts aligned with texts. They could see things because each writers were repeating one another. The, the writers were repeating one another. And it's just like saying, interpreting it to their word. I have explained to you in Bible, I've noticed that if you want to understand the scripture, you have to first understand the first five books. First five books is Genesis to um, Deuteronomy. If you understand from Moses, it's that way. Every other writer from the scripture, including Jesus, was speaking from there. Are you getting what I'm saying? They were just interpreting it to their word. Just like how, it's just like saying, uh, uh, um, in our word now, uh, there is an iPhone, there is all of those things. Now, you know, I, I looked at, was it yesterday? For some reason, I just stumbled on my Snapchat, right? And I noticed that there was something new. Was it yesterday or day before? You? They, they said, um, talk to my AI. I was shocked. They said, and the AI said, you can ask me any question. So now, who is, wait, guys, I, I, I think I'm really lost. I need to go and do this. Who is this AI of a thing? Is he a person or a machine or what's going on? Like, because that's the way. Now, somebody now said, now, do you know where I, I got curious? I saw somebody was, I saw, I think a pastor friend. I saw his, um, I saw something on his WhatsApp status one time. I said, somebody went to ask AI if there is God or so. That's where me, I first, that's where me, I first got angry. And I'll, I'll be now be looking for the whole AI thing till I now found it on my Snapchat. I think it's now Snapchat is on Telegram now. 
and they say you can talk to AI. So did that person say ask AI question? I say, is there God something, something, um, something? The person has said, uh, um, God does not really exist. He maybe exists in the figment of your I don't know what the person, I, I really can't remember. But the thing did not make sense to me. So I started wondering. So the person now wrote, ha, we now live in a world where AI is confusing the faith of people or something. I, was so, I, I started wondering in my mind, God. Please don't let this thing reach New York. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. I probably was one of the later people to understand, <laughs> to understand that there's something called AI. <laughs> my Lord, oh my God. <laughs> now, that's a battle we are about to fight again. Because the devil doesn't rest. I'm not joking. It's another challenge. We have not even sorted out the LGBTQ community one. You know, those ones, they are pushing their agenda so strong. Like, like... Like it's a bill. They are pushing the agenda like everybody. And you know what Christians are doing? Christians are accepting it. I'm not saying you should not accept it. I'm not saying you should not welcome them. But you shouldn't conform to it. I saw a certain preacher saying, I don't know why God... That's the most stupid thing a preacher should say. I don't know why God uh, accepts maybe man or woman or something. You should condemn the violence. That's rubbish. God did not create Adam and Steve. He created Adam and Eve. You say, you say you don't like your gender. And you know, they are pushing that narrative so strong that children these days now, they just have maybe a limited time, maybe in their elementary school, to quickly choose their gender. If they don't believe their gender quickly, they will eradicate them. And <laughs> 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 the devil is not resting. And so we have work to do. We, we have, now, this AI thing now, it, it's a good thing, though. I mean, technology is advancing. But <laughs> I, I'm so sure it's going to give us more work to do as church. We've not even tackled um, LGBT community. We've not tackled the use of, the way people can, you know, so I was talking with a friend. Not, I won't say a friend. I was talking with somebody. Somebody said, ah, there's no show I've not watched on Netflix. I said, ah. Ah, <laughs> so <laughs> you don't you understand. Say, name it. <laughs> so, what I came to use my life to do is to watch. <laughs> you know, we've not even dealt with that war. Now there's not AI that you and I can chat with. We are not feeling bored. Hi, like, guy. Offer. What's any any what do you want what do you have for me today? It's a good thing though, but <laughs> a new work has come for us as a church. Because the work of the church, like I told you, go and listen to the territorial church, is to confront the work of darkness. If we are not pulling down the strong book of darkness, there is no business do, for us being a church. We are not just a social club. The church is not a social club. The church is not a place where we come and feel good. The church is a place for a serious business. Where God's word is taught, we are, we are pulling out the stronghold of darkness. You know, that's the work of the church. So we have work to do. We have work to do. How did I get here, God? I, I'm digress. Did you people pray for me this morning? I'm, I'm backsliding towards this morning. <laughs> Oh God, where am I? We are still in this international corroboration. Okay, let's finish the So international corroboration just means text that move around. Okay, good. All right, so let's look at Matthew 16, verse 15. Let's see. 
I'm tired of the tangential corroboration. Maybe it's, that's what has been taking us to the ends of the earth. Okay, look at Mark 16. Look at, look at, what, look at how this text was used there. It says, go you to the word, preach the gospel to every creature. I either believe it is baptized and shall be saved. And now says, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new thongs. Now, if you back up to, if you back up to verse 9, if you back up to verse 9 of this preceding text, because we are looking at the name, right? Don't forget the key point of what we're looking at now is the name, right? All right. So, it says, so now the question is whose name? Because it says, in this sense, I follow them in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new thorns. They shall take other. Now, whose name? Look at it in verse 9. Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they had heard. And when they had heard that he was alive, and he had seen and believed not. And he appeared in another form, two of them, as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they, neither believed them. Now don't forget, they saw that he was risen. When they heard that Jesus was risen, right? The subject matter was the fact that Jesus was risen from the dead. And the use of the pronoun was the E. You know, in verse 12, that says, and he appeared. Who appeared, right? Jesus now. He appeared in another form unto them. So they now use the pronoun he and him, right? And that was referring to Jesus. So now you see that the pronoun he and him now started in our conversation. You see in verse 14 again, afterward he appeared, right? Now, who, who is the he now? Jesus, right? And you, uh, you see that, that word he now. So, it's, so it's clear to us that, the statement was Jesus. So when he says, in my name, that would mean what? In the name of Jesus, right? Right? All right. So looking at our context, it says, he that believes. It now says, he that believes. He that believeth shall not be damned. So now looking at our context, now say, he that believes. So that would mean, he that believes in what? It would be, he that believes in his name. Right? Right, guys? Now, so... Now, note something. Now, let's go back to that Matthew 28 that we are in. In Matthew 28, it says, you know, there was no mention. In Matthew 28, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Now, notice that there was no mention of the name of the Father or the Son of the Holy Ghost in Mark 16. There was no mention of something like that there. It just says, He that believeth in my name, Right? Now, look at Luke 24. We are looking at all the synoptic writers now. We see Mark. Mark did not say in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? Let's look at all the synoptic writers. Let's look at, we see Mark. Let's look at Luke. Let's look at what they said. You know, I told you all writers were repeating one another. Now, look at Mark. Look at Luke. Luke 24. Let's look at how he said it. Luke 24, verse 47. You should be there, right? Luke 24. Are you enjoying this? Yeah. Alright, look at 24 verse 47. It says, And repentance and remission of sins should be preached in what? His name among all nations beginning at what? Jerusalem. So, are we, can we see the corroboration in Mark 16, right? Where it says, 
and go here and preach the gospel. And he that believeth in this in my name, right? Mark 16, teaching all nations in my name, in the name of the Father. So, all right. Now, see that, that it, so in his name. Now, the question again, we'll still ask again now, is whose name? Back up to the preceding text, verse 46. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it be of Christ to suffer, and rise from the dead the third day. Now, the subject matter was who? Christ, right? So, who was to suffer for the dead or the third day, raised from the dead on the third day? So, now, the instruction was that repentance and remission will be preached in his name. So, can that be the same instruction Jesus gave uh, in, Mark, in Matthew? In Mark, right? Now, in his name. That is, and so it's clearly to see that the focus of the name of Jesus, preaching Jesus, when we are preaching the gospel, we are preaching the repentance and remissions of sins. How I taught you that if his forgiveness of sins, there is one. You should listen to that. Now, so there was no mention of the phrase, the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit here again. So don't forget, we are, we are walking through intertextual corroborations. Now, look at John 20. Let's look at the, the last synoptic writer. John 20. John 20. Now, you know, what, what, you know another problem I have with charismatics like us, and that's something I'm going to probably teach you much later, what if it works? Uh, it's working for me. So, I tell you till tomorrow, the scripture, you can use any scripture on healing, any scripture, just be healed. So that's not the proof that the scripture was properly explained. That is working for you doesn't mean <laughs> that's the truth. Are you getting what I'm saying? So now, look at John 20, verse 21. John 20, verse 21. Let's look at, we are looking at all the writers now. John 20, verse 21. And Jesus said unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. He now says, And he said unto them, as he breathed on them, and he said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, is this the same thing we look it shall be remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye rethin, it shall be rethined, right? Look at in verse 31. And this was written that ye might believe in believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Now look at verse 21. It says, As my father sent me, has sent me, even so send I you. Now, in this instance, I want us to take it verse by verse. In this instance, there was an instruction, and his audience were sent with a message. So, can that be the same thing that Jesus was saying in Matthew 28? All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore. The same instruction, right? And you said that the writers just said it differently. And I'm going to explain to you, maybe not this Bible and not six, but I'm going to explain to you why it seemed like the word kind of have a different way of slant that it was being used. I will explain it to you much later. Now look at it, verse 23. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted on, unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. And how is this done? I've always taught you this is done by preaching of the gospel. When you preach the gospel to somebody and the person does not believe, the person's sins has been retained. So that shows that, I've always told you, that shows that every man or every preacher of the gospel has the ability to forgive sins and retain sins. You are not God anyway, but he has given us the ab ab ability via our preaching, such that when you preach, men believe in your words. 
and they are believing in your words, your, their sins are remitted or their sins are retained. So that's why, if you notice, there was an instruction Jesus gave them in Matthew 10, when he, the, the mission of the 17 and the mission of the 12, where he says, when you go into houses, if they do not accept you, dust your feet and leave. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that shows that when you preach, it's like saying, I'm having a conversation with a non-believer now, and I preach to God where I say, Jesus loves you, this da, 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 da. Jesus died for you, Jesus was buried for you, he rose again for your sins, believe you. But I don't want to believe. His sins has been retained. He has not received forgiveness of sins. But if you say, wow, uh, the thing you said makes sense. I, I think I, I think I, I think I'm interested to know more. He has, are you seeing it? His sins has been remitted just by believing in the gospel. So, are you seeing what Luke said now? Repentance and remission of sins will be preached in his name. So, what are we doing? Who is going to do it? Us, right? So, are you seeing the sequence of the intertextual corroboration we are, we are doing? How if, you, if you understand the point, let me see your hands. Okay, cool. Now, so, this will be done by preaching. The, the, the instruction is to remit sins. Look at it in verse 31. It says, and that believing you might have life through his name. That you might have life through his name. So again, the focus was on his name. The focus was on his name. That is, the remissions of sins and the believing would be in his name. The remissions of sins and believing would be in his name. So, and notice, there was no mention of in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost here. Are you seeing it? The only thing the Holy said is in his name. How many of you saw the sequence? That every writer was saying in his name. No one mentioned in the name of the Father. No one mentioned in the name of the Son. In the name of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said in the name. In the name. So that shows that having seen the word name, the corroborative text of Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20. Now, it is evidence that the emphasis... Now, if I'm to ask you now, what was the emphasis of those texts? In his name. Is it in the name of Father, the Son, or the Holy Ghost? Mm -mm. The you must always, in Bible study, always watch the emphasis. Scholars will say it this way. They will say, be loud where the scripture is loud and be silent where the scripture is silent. So always look for the emphasis. No, and that's taking me back again to that tongues thing. I tell people again, I say, okay. How do you want to invalidate that tongues is not real when an entire chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, and I said, and this is how I tell people, I say, Paul wasn't writing that text to teach people to speak with tongues. Mm -mm. He was writing that text to give them order. That 1 Corinthians 14 was a text for orderliness in the church because they were doing it too much. Because just like I'm teaching now, they will be speaking with tongues. <laughs> when you come together, <laughs> every one of you, at this, he had to put them in order. Let all things be done decently. And he says, when you prophesy, give, let it be one, one, one each. And if there is no anyone, let him keep silent and speak unto God. He had to put them in order. So it wasn't as if, so tongues was a normal practice in the church. He only wrote a letter to <laughs> That was why in 1 Corinthians 12, he started and said, Now concerning spirituals, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. That word ignorant is the word idiotis. I will not have you. <laughs> he said, I will not have you. 
Let's just use it like that. I will not have you be an idiot as touching the things of the spirit. <laughs> so it was just to put order into it. So now, when we see the emphasis in the scriptures, we must learn to see what the emphasis is all about. Now, the emphasis was in his name. If you read through the entire scripture, in my name, right? You'll be seeing in my name, right? In my this. In my, okay, let's... Are you ready for a speed dial of scripture? I have plenty of scriptures to show you now. Of the emphasis of what the apostle said concerning my name. Are you ready? Let's look at Acts 2. Let's go. Acts 2, 21. Who is there? You should be there. <laughs> Alright, Acts 2, verse 21. It says, And it shall come to pass, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Did he say in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Ghost? It's in the name of the Lord. All right, look at Acts 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of what? Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive what? The gift of the Holy Ghost. Look at Acts 3, verse 6. And Peter said, Siva and God I have not, but such as I have, in the name of Jesus. Right? Right? Are you seeing the emphasis? Verse 16. It says, And in his, and his name, true faith, in his name. Have you seen it? In his name. True faith in his name. Act 4. Act 4 verse 10 to 12. Act 4 verse 10 to 12. Be it known unto all and all the people of Israel that the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you have crucified. Have you seen it? There is no other salvation in other among us shall be saved and all of those things. Blah, 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 blah. Look at verse 17. Look at Act 4 verse 17. And it shall spread no further among the people. Fought no man in the name. In this name. Even in verse 18, to teach in the name of Jesus. Look at in verse 30, by stretching forth thy hands to heal, and signs and wonders will be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Look at Acts 5, verse 28. See now, scriptures must be patiently studied. Are you seeing it, guys? Well, patiently studied. Know that they just come and tell you and say, hey, guys, um, as I was just sitting down in my couch, I was praying and looking at what the Lord will have me teach. And I just saw a lizard and a stone. And I just said, ah, wow, there's a message. There. I saw them fighting and they wrestled and they wrestled and won, won, and kept down, kept panting. I just like, okay, I see it, Lord. That is what you want me to share. So on Sunday morning, I just come to church and say, brethren, a service title is the mystery of the lizard and the ant. Then you now go to Proverbs. I go and cook. You go and cook scripture. <laughs> you go and cook things in Proverbs. You know, the ways of the ant. You know, Solomon told us something about how the ant, how ant gathered. So you go and cook. You don't go and pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it. Cook it. I say, brethren. Be like the ant. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, I was some people, motivational speaking. I remember forget when I was in secondary school or high school. Uh, just one sermon they preach almost every every week. Three days of success. Determination, desire. And I don't even know the last one till today. I shall know it's desire. Determination. This is, ah, it seemed like you've heard in someone before. <laughs> Discipline. 
Every week. No scripture. No scripture. Brethren, brethren, you have to be desire. You have to have a desire. You know, we can teach that scripture now. I say, okay, you have hunger for God's spirit, you know, this and that. But that one, imagine you come to church. They are motivating you, and now you should work hard. You get to your workplace. Your, work, your boss is telling you how you should work hard to win. So what is now the work of the church? It's good to work hard, though. I mean, ah, if you don't work hard, you, <laughs> you will not make money. <laughs> it's good to work hard, but that's not the work of the church. Our work is to teach the Bible. And explain this in context. Are you getting what I'm saying? Before I backslide the gate, Joe. Um, where was I? Back um R528. Okay. R528. It says, saying, Did we not straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? Are you seeing it? In verse 40, R540. We are looking at the name of R540. It says. They, uh, they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Okay, look at Acts 8, verse 12. I hope you are putting this down. These are go- going to be good for your references when you're studying. Acts 8, verse 12. It says, And the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. We're going to come back to this one. That word baptized very soon. Uh, look at Acts, look at verse 16. It says, For ye... He has not yet fallen on none of them as the only baptized in the name of the Lord. We're still going to look at that very soon. At 9, verse 14 to 16. At 9, verse 14 to 16. It says, And here he had authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. On thy name. Look at in verse 16. It says, I will show you things over for my name's sake. You, you see the reoccurring the occurring use of the word name. No one used the name of the Father, Son, or the Holy Ghost. I don't know if I've seen it. But we, it has become a... a why, why, why did I go with this approach? You'll probably understand it years later. How that statement has become... You say you want to, want to start this service now. People cannot start the service without saying the name of the Father and the Son. And the Holy why? Why? What's that? Alright, look at the... Um, verse 27. Verse 27. It says... Uh, boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Look at verse uh, 29. It says, and he boldly, and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at Acts 10, 43. Acts 10, 43. Now, why, why, why am I looking at the book of Acts? We are looking at believers, right? Christians who have spoken with or used that word name, right? Alright, look at Acts, Acts 10, 43. It says, uh, to give all the prophet witnesses and believe it and shall receive remissions of sins through his name. That through his name, whoever believe shall receive remissions of sins. Are you seeing John, John account coming back here again? So that means when we preach the gospel, right, we are remitting sins, right? We are forgiving men of their sins because that's the work of the gospel. That's our work on it. So where, where we are lighting up dark places, where we are, we are, let, where we are preaching the gospel, it's, it's like saying, we are assuming the place of Jesus, right? That's why it says, all power has been given to me in my name. So we are not doing it in our own authority. We are doing it in his name. So when we preach the gospel, the preaching of the gospel, it changes the life of men by either their sins are being written. That's why in, Acts, in Romans 10, it says, how beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel. It says, how shall they hear except through a preacher? So that shows 
your mouth is needed to preach the gospel. Are you seeing it? And when you preach the gospel, it's two things. It's either they believe or they don't. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just two things. There is no, there is no a maybe. It's two things. Now, and there's a gradual progression. It says that some people need to, you have to constantly keep teaching. There's somebody that I had to teach for in this city for almost eight months before he believed. Just continually. After a while, he just said, wow, I believe the story. I said, hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This guy is saved. <laughs> He now told me, he said, if you can successfully convince me, he said, there's nobody you cannot convince. He's one of these feces people too that believe in the boom. And you just have to be patient with people, right? And believe in the gospel. Because not everybody is like you. Your parents are maybe Christians. They introduce you to the church. That, so I know you, you are thinking, me, I'm not in that category. Me, I was, me, I, this, this period now is you people's graduation ceremony. No, Baka de Sala. Whatever it is, I don't know. But I shall know that their meat is the sweetest. Uh, that's what, I shall know that their meat is the sweetest at this time. And I'm, I'm not more in Indiana now where, where I can receive meat from fellow friends. But now, <laughs> I wish, I, I want to make friends, I hope to go around to make friends with that will be giving me meat at this period. They are, the meat is sweet. I don't even know. The meat in this period is sweeter than your normal meat. There's nothing you want to tell me that salad meat is not sweet. It's the best meat ever. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. What, maybe it's the fasting that makes it sweet. The fasting they have fasted that makes it sweet. Oh, I don't know. But <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. But that meat is sweet. Anyway, so like I was saying, so you're not like every other person where some of you, you grew up in church, they took you to church, or you shout somewhere or the other found yourself in church by virtue of influence or by virtue of association. You shall found yourself. So there are some people, the, the reason why I say so is because if you check the Chinese word, many of them don't even know what church is. Or the Asian community. What if you notice? Uh, many of, I mean, if I've talked to them or I've done outreaches with them, they, they'll tell you, they, some of them will tell you they never heard. That's, that, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow, what a work we have to do. They'll tell you, oh, Jesus, who is he? Really? And we were just here, just enjoying, and just say, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, this song is forever yours. And so they will know if the song is forever or is yours. <laughs> wow. Some have, not, some have not even heard. So we hold, so th that, that kind of conversation might take a while. Are you getting what I mean? But supernaturally, it can be an instant, right? Because you must never rule the place of um, the supernatural also. Am I talking supernatural? This is baptism. Let's focus. Let's focus. We need to. We need to focus. I've been talking about tongues. But, hmm, people are tempting me. Anyway, where am I? I vaccinated again. Eh? At ten forty-three. Okay, let's look at ten forty-eight. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed. They. Then prayed they in to tarry certain days, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. We're going to still look at all these baptized and all of those things. All right, look at in um, 
so we've seen that thing. Look at that 15. At 15, verse 14. We're just looking at this for your own references. So just because of our time, let me just give you down to put it, just put it down. At 15, verse 14. At 15, 26. At 16, 18. At 19, verse 5. At 19, verse 13. At 19, verse 17. At 21, verse 13. At 22, verse 16. So say, I did not catch it. I'll say it again. <laughs> at 10 verse 43, at 10 verse 48, at 15 verse 14, at 15 26, at 16 18, at 19 5, at 19 13, at 19 17, at 21 13, at 22 16. Did you see? Did you catch it? Okay, cool. So it is clear that the use of the phrase, the name, in the book of Acts, it's referencing or referring to the name of Jesus. So the phrase, the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Ghost, just add one single mention. Was not, it was not even, even given a single mention in the book of Acts. Okay, now let's even look at the epistles so that we can be clear. Let's look at how they use the word name in the epistle. We've seen the book of Acts now, right? Now let's look at the book, the epistles. Romans 1, verse 5. You should be there. Romans 1, verse 5. It says, By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience, the faith among all nations for his name. Are you seeing it? His name. So, because you, you have to, so that you have to really be clear on many things. So, when we say Bible doctrine, when we say doctrine, doctrine simply means teaching. I've always told you, didaskalia. When we say, when people use the word, so we welcome the name of the Father and of the Son. Nobody used that in the scriptures. No one. No one said those things in the scriptures. I would, I would rather stick to the scriptural side. You know, you know that's Look up to the righteous side. I would rather stick to the scriptural side. Look up to the righteous side. How the, how the apostles did it. Alright, look at Romans 10 verse 13. Look at Romans 10 verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He used the word name of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. We're looking at the epistles. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. He says, And that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Look at verse 10, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 4. So are you seeing it, guys? This is very vital to our study. Because, don't forget, why did it? Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you my secret now. Why did I start from this point? Do you notice that when they want to baptize you with water, this is the statement they say. We baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So I want to quickly explain that test now before we get to where we are going. <laughs> so I'm starting from the back. We dip you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son. That's what they did for me. Ha, it looked like I wanted to faint, Daddy. They first cover my nose. <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Ha. I bet it looked like you first lost consciousness first. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's a friend of mine one day, she got baptized and she, came, she, she couldn't keep it. She had to go and put it in the water and say, wow, finally. <laughs> and, I told, and I said, but this, you've been born again for years now. This is not. She said, no. 
I just got baptized. 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 You know? Okay. All right. So I've told you my secret. All right. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 1. First, you guys, he's 11. Because we need to address those things. We are, we are dealing with. Um, with uh, all right, look at First Corinthians six verse eleven. It says, um, "As such of some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God." Look at Ephesians five verse twenty. It should be there. It says that, uh, "Giving thanks for the all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ." Look at Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Thank you, Lord. Philippians 2. Philippians 2, verse uh, 9. It says, verse 9 to 10. It says, and this I pray that you love me abound yet more and more in more knowledge that you approve all that is till the day of Christ. How uh, is this? How is this a text? Oh, I'm reading one. Sorry. I'm wondering how is this? Alright, look at verse 2, verse 9. It says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name above every other name that at the name of Jesus. Not in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit now. Are you seeing it? He said, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in earth, in heaven, things in earth, and the things under the earth. All right, look at Colossians 3, verse 17. We are walking you through the scriptures. Like I've always told you, the Bible says study must be very systematic. Uh, um, Colossians 3, verse 17, it says, And whatsoever you do in word and did, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you seeing it? All right, 2 Thessalonians 1, 12. 2 Thessalonians 1 12, it says that, uh, that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, says the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3 6. Now we command your brethren that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you rejoice yourselves, says in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2 19. 2 Timothy 2 19. It says. Nevertheless, the foundation of God's Sunday shall have the seal that the Lord knoweth that he let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Hebrews 1 verse 4. Hebrews 1 4. Being, it says he has obtained an excellent name. Hebrews 6 10. Hebrews 6 10. For God is not unrighteous. To forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name. You see, which you have showed towards his name. Hebrews 13 15. Hebrews 13 15. It says, Ye therefore let us offer sacrifice of praise continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. James 5 10. It says, uh, take my brethren prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord. Look at verse 14. Uh, anointing him in the name of the Lord. 1 Peter 4.14. We're going to study something about those anointing oil practices 
Um, I'm taking it one by one. We're going to study baptism, communion, feet washing, anointing oil. We're going to address all of those practices from the scriptures, what, what they mean. Because you have to, so that uh, when people are talking, you can easily talk and explain things to them properly. First Peter 4.14 It says, if ye are reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of the glory of the Lord rested upon you. Part of the evil, uh, says the spirit of the glory of the Lord. Uh, for ye are reproached for the name of Christ. First John 2, 12. Alright, so we're walking through the entire Bible now, see. The New Testament to find this out. That this was not used anywhere, right? That that, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit was just used once. We've not started our baptism, but we, are, we, are, we have started. At least, if you, so now the question will now be, okay, if we don't use the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit now, what should we use? <laughs> All right. First John 2, 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. First John 3, 23. It says that this is the commandment, the Son Jesus, on the name of the Son Jesus. First John 5.13, it says, I've written unto you that you believe in the name of the Son of God, and that you may have eternal life, and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. All right, look at the last one, Third John 1.7, because that of his name's sake. Says because that of his name's sake. So now, having seen this text, it can be concluded that the name of Jesus was was the emphasis of the epistles, and there was no single mention of the phrase the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You know, I remember. Uh, I remember there was a time. I think there was a there was a church service. I I was some years ago, and they said that I think I was to start the service at something. I said, oh, "In Jesus' name, Amen." And I said, "No." Pastor now came back and said, "No," and then we, we welcomed the service in the name of the Father, <laughs> and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. It, it, it seemed like that's. It seemed like even that's how people do opening prayers. I don't know if you noticed. Like that's how everybody do opening prayers. Uh, this service start now in the name of the Father. In fact, if you want to cut cake, then in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, In fact, you want to open house. I remember one day, um, I went to dedicate one house. Uh, I have said this on record. Now, uh, it wasn't, they coerced me to eat. (laughs) Let me, let me, let me. So they forced me. The Uber said, you must bring anointing oil. I said, ah. I said, I don't even have anointing. He said, I will buy for you. He said, you have to come and anoint there. I said, well, since this is what your feet are grease on. Ah, okay. I said, me too. I went there. I started sprinkling the oil. In the name of the Father. <laughs> Allo, the Son. <laughs> he said, he may. He may. <laughs> One day I was now teaching. She was now in the service. 
looking like me, looking at you like you're looking at me. And I intentionally mentioned the, I don't mention the case, so I just mentioned that. You know, some people, <laughs> I'm born again now. I don't, I'm not wild again. I'm actually born again. You know? <laughs> I'm actually born again. I'm no more, I don't look for trouble again. No. Ah, I showed some of you the post we used to post on Facebook years ago. I'm no, I don't look for trouble anymore. You know, ah, no, I'm, I'm born again, I'm born again, you know. But so, we, I just, and I mentioned that, you know, the woman was not looking at me somehow. The woman was, the woman was looking at me somehow, like, so I said, some people just use this and that, that, that. Uh, me, I just, you have to be, you have to be bold with what you are preaching. She was just looking at me somehow, like, what's this guy saying? Well, whatever, I've said it. So, there was no single mention. Of the phrase, the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost in the Epistles. None. Not a single mention. Not a single mention in the book of Acts. Not a single mention in the, in the Epistles, right? Not a single mention. So let's back up to that at Matthew 28. I will take a quick break very soon. Let's back up to our Matthew 28, verse 18. Let's go back out to that, Matthew 28. Let's see. It says, and Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Right? And now says, All power is given unto me. Now, Osavi did not say, All power is given unto the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hope you see it. You know, he did not say, All power is given unto the Father. He said, All power is given unto me. So, this again shows you that the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost look out of place in this contest. So, it can be emphatically concluded that the phrase, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, was never used by any author in the Bible. No author of the Bible used that phrase. So, this makes that phrase very debatable and it cannot be used to teach or build a doctrine upon. So now you see what you see now where we where we have see what what has happened now today now. A lot of Christians today now build on something that is not used throughout the entire scripture that was just used once in the Bible. No corroborative witness, no text, just once. So, and I used to explain it this way, and this is the best layman definition I used to give you people to explain it. I say, the word and there just, just gives it away. When it says the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, that word and in the Greek word is from the word chi, and it's the chiru, and it means that is. It's just re-emphasizing itself. So, when it says the name of the Father, that is the Son, that is the Holy Ghost. It's just re-emphasizing itself. So, no writer. So, when we want to pray, we can't be praying in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Lord. That was that. Just in the name of Jesus is enough. But you know, we charismatics or we Pentecostals, we seem to like something that catch our fantasy. That, mm, if I say the, uh, in the name of the Father, and there's a charismatic tone and voice to it. And of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, there's a church in Indiana. They now have to put, they say, Amen, Amen. That one is not enough. They now put fire of the Holy Ghost. Ah! Like, 
Tokyo. My friend went. <laughs> I'll give you that. She said, I said, how was this? He said, I came back the same way. <laughs> that was bad mouth. He said, I was not changed. You know, you say, I, I never lived the same way I came. That was, I came back the same way I came. <laughs> She had a bad voice. I came out the same way I came. He said, ah. he said, when you were praying and did all of those things, I said, every power of the father's house. I said, ah, that's your father's house. She said, me, I know my own father's house. He said, all the powers of my father's house, all of them has died. <laughs> say, you pray father's house today. You pray father's house tomorrow. You know the part, you know, I used to say this thing. Where I got to had issues with that thing was, there was a day, very, when I was much younger, my mother took me to one of those places. And we just finished, they just finished deliverance. They told us we, have, we were free. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. They told us we were free, that, ah, nothing can touch you again. They now said, they were not giving announcements. They now said, October 1, my birthday is October 2nd. That, that's why it is to pain, that's why it's still paining me to today. Then I said, October 1 into October 2, there's going to be another deliverance session. For first bonds. Ah, I said, my mother just, my mother was at the bar. She said, hope you are here. <laughs> oh, hope, you, hope you are here. She said it to she, my mother, not mind whether she's in the church or she I bet I now look back and say, it's you I'm talking to, tap him. This is called him. This is just tapping, tapping. So I now look back and say, hope you are here in the announcement. <laughs> because she know me that. I'm very sorry. They now told us in the announcement, brethren, don't think you are free. Ah. So you mean all the prayer I prayed for my father's house, my mother's house, my, 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 my principalities, my this, I was not yet free. So you mean that? They not say, don't think you are free. Oh, oh. they not, they not, they were not scaring us. They say, oh, that is how you do You must even go. Not, if, even if you are not a firstborn, you can come and stand for the firstborn of your family. Because if something is going wrong with the foundation, your own life may not be better. Ah! And I went to ask my mother. But did those two those were free? Said, Shut up. Shut up. Are you free? <laughs> ah. But you see a lot of Christians. Very golly. In this, even in this our America, we expect that people have gone to school, done their bachelor's degree. Some people did bachelor's, some people have done master's, some people have done PhD, some people have even doctors. You'll not be wondering where did you leave your brains? They tell you there's a mystery or the covenant. There's a covenant of prosperity. Where? Where is the covenant that where, where did Bill Gates not have that covenant? Or Elon Musk? You know, Elon Musk is trying to, you know, I, I've see, I'm looking at Twitter these days now. Everybody is complaining and busy Elon Musk that they are blue, verified as gone. Because now you have to pay for <laughs> You have to pay for verification. That's money. The richest people in the world are not, are not even Christians. Aliko Dangote is the richest black man. Not a Christian. So where do you want to get the... If there's supposed to be a mystery of prosperity, they do want to, to teach us now. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. They should teach me. 
But we in church, that we are still looking for church rent, looking for... <laughs> we are the ones teaching more mystery. Jesus did not teach it. Paul, I can't imagine in Paul's church, say, there's a mystery of, of, of prosperity. See, covenant day of this. You know, this, those things don't... It, it makes you dull spiritually. It makes your reasoning... You know what those things do to you? It makes your reasoning of spiritual things so dull. When you are so fixated on signs and symbols and... And, and, you know, and that's something that we human beings like. We are more fixated on something more catchy, something more, you know. But those things makes you so dull spiritually. Very dull. Very dull. Just like communion too. How do you eat bread and say it's the body of Christ? It doesn't make, and drink grape juice and say it's the blood. And you went to school. How does grape juice... You not drink the after all the pleading the blood of Jesus, you have been pleading as you are going to say, I plead the blood of Jesus, as you are waking up, I plead the blood. <laughs> if the blood, if the blood was really a blood, you will have finished because some people have pleaded the blood. <laughs> some people today now, some people have used the blood like 10 times. I plead the blood of Jesus as I'm going, I plead the blood of Jesus as I'm sitting down, I plead the blood of Jesus. As I plead. The blood will have finished, then we will not drink it as a brethren. Jesus said, take this. So you mean Jesus told us to be eating bread and drinking wine for, for us to remember him. We're going to study it too. We're going to study that context very soon. After this one, we'll do communion. So what, 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 the question should be, what is he saying? Because nowhere... The only part where they heard something in the book of Acts was love feast. Love feast. So, you know, but we live in the time of world where uh, people just want catchy things, you know, and it makes you so dull spiritually that you can't reason. And when you want to read your Bible, that's what you'll be seeing. That's what you'll be seeing. You know, I, 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 I was still telling, I, still, I, still, I say this story all the time. And there was this pastor I had to argue with. This was, we say, say have his points, principalities are power. He made sure of them openly, triumphed them over it. He says, ha, having blotted the hard writing, ah. he now says, brethren, there's an evil hard writing against you. Ah. I said, sir, after the service, I said, sir, please, let's look at it again. This text is talking about what Christ did on redemption. How did this test not lead to evil adnasis against you? This is about what Christ did of redemption. And you see Christians there. Just. But you know, I trust God that the light of the gospel will flood the nations. I will trust God, right? That's why we are praying. That's why we are putting God's word out. That's why we are t- that men will come to the light of the truth. Because a lot of people just believe there's something called in research, right, and in studies. I'll say this because most of you are Africans. And I know in church, we don't have Africans like that. But I'll say this. A lot of the African culture transcended into the church world. 
such that you want to pray, it's just like even the way we give offerings. Uh, you squeeze the offering and put it inside the envelope, inside the basket. Do you know where they got that from? It's from the Yoruba tradition. When you go to the native doctor, when you go to the, the you, they'll tell you, don't let your second hand, they say to you, don't let your see what your hand, your hand is giving you, just drop it there for the gods. You know that thing has transcended into the church world too, that we want to give to you. They, mm, what's that? Let everybody see the one dollar you want to drop. <laughs> what's that? That, so now, that transcended, and the Western world, let me tell you something, they indirectly picked it, such that even the, the Western world now, you, you go to a typical American church today now, they are talking to you about powers from your father's house too. They picked it, and that came from the Western, from the African tradition. That we couldn't renew our minds on time. Such that when we want to worship God, we first, we first, we first call all his names. Jehovah Shaddai, Elohim, Ah, Ur, eh, Yeshua Mashiach, eh, Rose of Sharon, Lily of the Valley. You first psych him, psych him, psych him, psych him, psych him very well. <laughs> you psych him. It's like saying you are trying to turn the engine to tomb, to tomb, to tomb, to tomb. Say, uh, when praise go up, they go, uh, blessings come down. So you want the blessings to come? What was that? Where in the scripture is that written? Praise go up, blessings come down. Don't go and pray. Say, uh, it's lazy people that say those things. When you watch, when you, when you, can't, when you don't pray, uh, they will tell you that if you cannot pray, just worship. There's some portals. They'll tell you, there's some portals we can. There's some portals we can we can assess. If 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 we can't find it at the pray, just worship him. So we just worship him. They're not gonna play um, strings. Just be in that mood of worship. As you worship God, you get God's hand. Oh, oh. They play. They worship God. Don't go. Up. It's lazy people that talk like that. Jesus, your God, sweat in the place of prayer. You, you are saying you want to worship. Paul said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. You, you say you want to worship. <coughs> Worshipping is good, though. There's a place for it, though. But don't go and substitute it for prayer. Then you find a lot of lazy Christians. They cannot pray again without worship. Something of the play of the background. Oh, so, so, so. They, will not be, they will not be hallucinating. Oh, they are not praying. They are just shaking their That song it ministered to my soul. Oh, lazy Christian. Oh, man, go and pray. Go and pray. Peter said, we will not leave the word of God and serve table. We will give ourselves continually to the ministry of the word and prayer. You think they did not know worship song? They will not give you Paul and Silas. They prayed and they sang. They said they prayed and they sang. And the Holy Ghost came down. If you read the precedence of the book of Acts before you get there, Acts 12, they prayed. The church prayed and Peter was released from prison. Acts 4, they prayed and they shake. So it was synonymous to what happened in Acts 16. They prayed. And just like the scripture says, we pray and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So you can't go and say, oh, worship is the substitute for prayer. That's rubbish. 
You sweat in prayer. Jesus, your God, prayed. And he, 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 the Bible says, sweat came out like blood. There was hour of prayer in the book of Acts. Men were given to prayer. You, you say you want to worship. Say, I just like that, that YouTube strings. Everybody have one YouTube worship now. They are worshiping me. Lazy people. What YouTube worship? The DM they had. This same city we are in. Charles Finney preached in this city and the entire Rochester was saved. In the 1830-1831. Entire 60,000 men. The entire city in Rochester was saved. What worship music did they use? A man, Charles Finney, prayed. Prayed. They prayed. Father Nash came to this city weeks before Charles Finney came. I, I've been trying to trace it with history. To look for that house or the spot where he prayed. I've not found it. I trust God I will find that least. In this same city, prayed. So you see some people say, worship music. And they're not praying. They say, <laughs> you know, so many things. Christian, so many things. Then you see so many Christians, very lazy. All they just have is quotes. But not, not forsaking, not, not downcasted. Christians are talking about persecution. They, they have problems in their lives. They say, not forsaking, not downcasted. They're not posing on their side. And I confronted one person one day. What does this mean? What do you think this is? He said, no, it's just, I'm just, it's just minister to me. When Paul was writing that, he was talking about his condition. You say he's minister to you. <laughs> so, so many. So, we brought, a lot of people brought the African culture. Into, so, such that before you watch, before you start a church service, you first sight God. Then the next thing you first say is, Lord, is there anything I've seen? That's, that practice was the way the African world was before the gospel. I do a, little, a, a lot of history, and I can tell you, that was the way the African world was. So, such that when they are worshipping Shongo, when they are worshipping Obatala, when they are worshipping Ifa, they, now, if I is the foreign gods, why am I saying this? Because of our audience. Uh, if our foreign gods, uh, oracles, you know, African oracles now. So now, such that when they want to do that, they will first worship the person, appease the person, tell the person, see if I've done anything wrong, before I come to ask you of what I want to do, let's quickly forgive me, I don't mean it to, so now this is my request. And you know that that is still the pattern of prayer that every Christian pray. A lot of people don't even know how to fellowship with God other than ask, ask for things. Lord, okay, give me a car, give me a house, give me, uh, pay my debt, pay my bills, uh, let RRS not say I owe, okay, uh, this, okay, that, and they're out. You can't find Christians who will just spend time praying in tongues for hours and days again. So what are we doing? And that's because of what is being taught. Are you seeing it? That's because of what is being taught. Just like this scripture, in the name of the Father and the Son, it was just used once. And that has entered the entire church world still today. Once. No epistle. Peter did not use it. Paul did not use it. No writer used it. James did not use it. Jude did not use it. Nobody said in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit to pray. But we, 
that we know more than them. <laughs> so it has become our every Sunday's habit. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So everybody, so even Christians today, it's a Catholic world culture. I sat up beside somebody on the flight recently. I said, ah, sir. I wanted to confront the person. If it was me or before, ah, sir, what happened? <laughs> but I, I'm born again. Ah, I look at Whatever want to happen, we happen with this flight. There's nothing. You know, but as far as I'm sitting here, nothing can happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, the flight that they say, so uh, we're taking off now. This and that. Adjust your seatbelt. This and that. I just saw the man. Uh, uh, he did not pray. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least if you want to even say something, you, the guy was openly lying up. He was openly lying. Wanted to lick one chocolate. So what? <laughs> what was that? He did not pray. Not I, I watched him so that at least I will get my facts right. I was just looking at him like this. I mean, I was very uncomfortable in that place because so I I was just observing my environment. I was just, he was opening chocolate. He did like three times. Ah, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> the, so the praise the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Ghost was never used, and it is not a doctrine in the scripture. Let's take a five minutes or ten minutes break. We'll continue uh, from where we stop. Amen. All right, let me.